Hello and welcome to the Meet Podcast. I am your host, Shalom Rucker. Meet, M-E-E-T, what does that mean? I'm glad you asked, my friend. It's actually an acronym for motivate, encourage, elevate, and transcend. And look, each and every conversation you and I will have together is going to be about doing just that. Look, we're kicking off our podcast by launching a series entitled The Four P's of Success. The Four P's of Success. Look, society, for so many reasons, is hyper-focused on defining what it means to be successful for you and for me and for everyone else. So what I want to do in this series is I want to take a different approach. Instead of defining what success should mean or should be in your life, I want to provide you with the tools to make that determination yourself, to determine what success really means for you. Look, it's my hope that as we delve into the four P's, gonna give you a little teaser, four P's here are purpose, passion, patience, and performance. Those are the four P's. As we dive into those, look, you're going to be ready and able to answer those pressing questions. What is success? How do I achieve success? That's what we're aiming for in this series. So look, together, let's work, let's work together, right? Let's work together in this series to really identify and follow the path to defining what success means in your life, in my life, instead of just leaving these critical questions to be addressed by what I think we would all agree are the ever-changing whims of society. Okay, I know this sounds crazy. I know it, it sounds like it's going to be a crazy journey, but it's going to be so fun. So, okay, if you're with me, buckle up and let's start this journey. Let's go. can we obtain it? You know, corporate enterprises have been built on helping us discover the answers to what I would call the essential elements of life. For instance, what is my purpose? What does it mean to be successful? And how can I obtain it? Etc. 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 Alright, I say this because seeking these answers is built into our DNA. I mean, we can't help it. We are designed to not simply work, but to work in such a way that we accomplish 
three things. Number one, we work in a way that utilizes our unique skills and gifts. Number two, we work to achieve a positive outcome. And number three, we work to eventually grow toward something greater. Listen, this is what we do naturally. This is what we do without thinking. All right, let me give you an example. For instance, when someone is looking for a job, maybe that's you right now, they intentionally seek out an opportunity in which they can leverage their unique skills and achieve a positive outcome. I mean, when looking for a position, have you ever said, let me search until I find a role in which I will be horrible and fail miserably? Negatory. No one thinks like that. If you do, please come see me. We, we got to talk or something. Okay, but listen, even if you did think that for just a moment, that would be a very fleeting thought. Why? Why can you say that with such confidence? Listen, because I know that we are high, hardwired, hardwired, right, to, to aim for and achieve our best and greatest individual good. Now, does this mean that we are inherently selfish and have no regard for the needs of others? No. Although that can happen sometimes, but no, that is not what I'm talking about. I think it's, it's, it's fitting here to apply the old saying, right? You can't take care of anyone else if you do not first take care of yourself. And tell you how many times I would hear that from my parents. If your individual good has not been sufficiently satisfied, your desire, and in some cases your ability to help others can be impaired. So listen, when you consider these things, it appears that the answer to what I will call the success question, right, should be obvious. It should be, but here's the issue that we face. We are constantly bombarded by messages that aim to shape our idea of this concept. Now, honestly, I gotta say, as I'm talking through this, let me just, in full transparency, let you know that I am a marketing guy, okay? I majored in that field of study. A lot of people in the business school laughed at, offed at, said, marketing, what in the world are they studying? It's not as hard as accounting, measurement information systems, etc., etc. okay? But just tell you a little something about marketing folks, right? So as a marketing guy, I tend to see the world through the lens of a marketer. Marketers do. Marketers always trying to sell. Now, what drew me to the field of marketing is the ability to create needs that never existed. And one could argue are often unnecessary for everyday life. Let me say that one more time. What drew me to the field of marketing was this, this unique ability, right, to create needs that did not exist. And, and for the most part, you could argue most of those, they're not really needs. They're not really necessary for everyday life. So let me tell you where I'm going here. So for instance, 
Think of something as ubiquitous as snack food. Okay, my kids love to make the case. And if you have kids, I'm sure you run into this situation as well. My kids love to make the case that snacks are essential. And they know by now that my comeback is always the same because dad is old school. I say, guys, listen, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, those are essentials. Snacking, however, is a privilege. Now, do not get me wrong here. Snacking is pretty awesome. Put some chips in front of me. I, I do like nuts too. I know that's that's a healthy snack, but snacking is pretty awesome, right? However, if if one day we one day awoke to a world void of snack food, we couldn't find Doritos or anything like that. Life would be less enjoyable, right? Without chips and candy. But listen, we would not starve. We would survive. Okay, now listen, if the same thing were to happen with the essentials for breakfast, lunch, dinner, oh, now we're in trouble. All right, listen, the point I am attempting to make is that marketers are very adept in the art of creating a, catch this word, perceived need. Perceived is the key word. If something is perceived to be true, it is just that, a perception. But it may not necessarily be true. Keep that in mind as we go work through this. One other key element marketers leverage to create a need is to leverage the strength of an existing desire or want in the marketplace. All right, to leverage the existing strength, to leverage the strength, I'm sorry, the strength of an existing desire or want in the marketplace. Okay, so thinking back to my food, my snack food example, the base desire leverage is the need for immediate satisfaction and convenience. Listen, snacks do not fill you up, but they give you a quick fix. Listen, in your time of hungry hunger, you do not need a quick fix. You need a hearty meal that will satisfy your hunger for the long haul. And might I add, for less money on average. I'm just saying. We'll be right back. Hello out there in podcast land. How are you? Thank you so very much for listening in on the Meet Podcast. I hope you're learning. I hope you're growing. I hope you're having a great time. And if you are, my friends, please do not keep it to yourself. Tell your friends, tell your family about all the great things you're learning about listening in on the Meet Podcast. Where can they find us? On any of the major podcast platforms, Apple, iHeart, Spotify, etc., etc. If you like to get engage in conversation with us, we welcome that. I want to warn you, you're going to laugh, but we're taking it old school. Please reach out to us via email at themeetpodcast98 
at gmail.com. Let me repeat that. The, T-H-E, meet, M-E-E-T, podcast, nine, eight, at gmail.com. Don't laugh. I hear you laughing in the background. So listen, we welcome your conversation. We'd love to hear from you. And that would be excellent. All right. So with that, let's get back to the program that's currently in progress. get back on track. We didn't get off track, but let's get back. on. So what does this have to do with the topic of defining success? Everything. Listen, success is one of the key levers that marketers pull upon to create needs in the marketplace. For instance, it makes sense that as a car manufacturer, I would want to influence your thinking in such a way that you are led to believe that my brand is a symbol of success. Why is that important? Because everyone is seeking success, an individual without an idea of what success means to them personally will easily fall prey to the messages that are designed to help define what success should mean for them and appear to provide answers to the questions we are all seeking to answer. Now, I had to pause as I was thinking through that, so let me just read that one more time. Again, why is this important? Because every everyone is seeking success, because everyone is seeking it. If you don't have an idea of what success means to you personally, in your pursuit of it, what happens is you easily fall prey to messages that are designed to help define what success should mean for you. And then they appear to provide the answers to the questions that you're seeking to answer. But they only lead you to those symbols of success that have been predefined by that marketer. All right, so what's the result here? The result is exponential profit, as we've seen in so many cases, for the car manufacturer and big bonuses for the marketing team. Yay, go marketing team. All right, a profit has just been made from one's desire to achieve a level of success. That's why so many people are willing to go into debt in order to secure uh, that dream vehicle. That's why some people pay more per month for the vehicle that they drive than the house they live in. That's a whole nother topic. All right. Meanwhile, listen, what, here's, here's, the, here's where this all derails here. Meanwhile, once the thrill of the new vehicle is gone, you as a buyer, you're left empty. You're empty because it's fleeting. And guess what? Now you're again right to fall prey to the next message 
promising again to define what success means for you and for me. It's a vicious cycle. Now, now, I know there's some folks out there that's giving me some, some angry eyes. So let me just say a few things here. Now, I, I am not saying that I am against purchasing any brand that positions itself as a status symbol. Absolutely not. However, I am against making the purchase in the name of success. Let me say this again. Buy your Rolls Royce, your Benz, or whatever. I'm not against that. I am against making that purchase in the name of success. You want the Benz? Get it. But not because it's a symbol of success. Because listen, such an action will eventually lead you back to where you started. Right? If you're buying it in pursuit of success, it will lead you back to where you started. Where'd you start? Empty, unfulfilled, desperately searching for answers to fill that void that can't be filled by purchasing something that's been touted as a symbol of success by a marketer. All right, so before closing out this topic here, it's important to note that in-depth studies of the habits of millionaires, right? So we're talking about money here, just throwing this in, of millionaires have revealed that many of them steer very clear of these quote-unquote status, success status symbols, as opposed to rushing to embrace them. They have no need to seek out, seek these out as measures of success. Instead, they use the extent to which they can grow and accumulate wealth as a true measuring rod. So listen, what they've done is they've essentially defined success for themselves, right? Because there is not the vehicle that I drive, but it's what I'm able to grow and accumulate. Now, I now am I saying that the pursuit of wealth accumulation should be your goal? Listen, this book is not about defining success for you, remember, but rather providing you with the framework to determine your own standard for success based on your individual situation. However, having said that, I'm a big proponent of wealth accumulation with the goal of preserving it for future generations. Again, another topic for another podcast. If your journey to discovering what success is for you settles on becoming a millionaire, I would encourage you to read or listen to the audiobook, The Millionaire Next Door. And my dad always says, if you want to be or do something, learn from the people who have actually done it. Okay, back to the topic of discussion. So the question you may be asking now is, okay, Rucker, what is your angle? <laughs> Honestly, listen, I do not have one. However, if I do, then I would say it is natural. It is a natural and insatiable desire to help others make the most of their time on earth. That's what I'm going for here. Listen, we are all here on lease. That is on a lease that is set to expire at some point in the future. We don't know when. 
Here's the question we need to be thinking about. How can we make the most of the time in between? In between when the lease starts and the lease ends? That is the chief question. And if I have an angle, that is it, my friend. I want you to make the most of that time in between. Now, what's different about this about this podcast, this series, and, and this whole approach to um, success? It's simple. Listen, as I stated earlier, instead of answering the questions I, I posed at the beginning and defining what success should look like in your life, no, I'm not going there. That's not how we're doing this. I am instead going to provide you with the tools to make that determination yourself. Set your own standard. This will be achieved by taking a close look, again, at what I call those four P's of success that I gave you in the teaser. Purpose, passion, patience, and performance. Listen, after our journey through these concepts, you will be poised to confidently answer the questions posed at the outset. What is success and how do I achieve it? All right, so let the journey begin and come back for more in episode two. And remember, treat others the way you want to be treated. God bless.